Yo, Trey. Kevin, what's up, man? You know, I've been thinking, what would have happened if the NBA never vetoes the Chris Paul trade to the Lakers and we get CP3 in the same backcourt as Kobe in L.A.? Well, you get a very happy Jack Nicholson, for sure. And the Lakers probably win a bunch more championships. CP3 finally gets a ring or two or three. And the Kardashian empire is forever altered. What did you just say? Hey, everybody, I'm Trey Wingo. And I'm Kevin Frazier, and we're teaming up on a new weekly sports podcast from Wondery Alternate Routes. As former sports center anchors and current sports obsessives, we're consumed by all the what-if questions that make being a sports fan so excruciatingly fun. If you're like us, then you also live and die on the fallout from every drop pass. Or play call. Each week on Alternate Routes, we'll take a flashpoint in sports, break down what actually happened, then explore every alternate scenario and the ripple effects it would have caused. Follow Alternate Routes on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. You can listen early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus. Old Man Winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice and a good polar vortex. Oh, heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, Old Man Winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details. Passion, drive, and patience. What brings home the winning trophy is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance from superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has got you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to turn your car into the MVP and bring home that win. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. For the cheeseheads who want it fresh and the ones who think Lambeau is a cathedral, this is Pax What She Said. Now, here's Perry Goldstein and Maggie Loney. Welcome back to another episode of the Pax What She Said podcast. I'm one of your co-hosts, Maggie Loney, and joined, as always, by Perry Goldstein. Week three the home opener at Lambeau Field that we will both be in attendance for. Cannot wait. The 2-0 and Saints coming to town to take on the 1-1 and Packers. Perry, one, welcome to Wisconsin. It's going to be great to see you. Two, let's talk Thank about this you. game. I can't wait. This is going to be a really interesting one. I think that the Saints and Packers have some matchups that are very like contradictory to one another um, in some of the statistics. So it's going to be who can... Who can just play better ball? We'll get into it. That that comment will make sense. That was very vague. <laughs> well, it's funny because, you know, we typically try to structure the show like let's do Packers offense then Packers defense. But when I look at certain matchups, there are like very specific people I want to talk about. And they just happen yeah. to be on the Packers defensive side of the ball. Um, but let's 
let's go ahead and get started. Let's get started with the offense because obviously we know okay. that uh, Jordan Love is playing pretty fantastically in his first two games. This is his first start at Lambeau, which is really exciting. Has come in in spot duty, uh, but his starts have always been on the road. So really excited to to be there for that and hear him come out of the tunnel, hear the reaction from the crowd. Um, going to be a really special moment for him. Um, I think he still is currently leading the league in passer rating through two weeks. Six touchdowns, no interceptions. Um, I want to talk about this offense as a whole, though. They're number one right now in red zone percentage in the league. Six trips, five touchdowns for an 83.3% completion percentage. So, yes. Um, I think that's good. <laughs> Correct me if I'm wrong, but that sounds good. That's pretty good. I will say, though, they are going up against a defense that is number one yes. in the red zone. So the Saints have given up, I think, only one. Am I correct in saying that? One touchdown? They, I know that they have yeah. allowed 20 or fewer points in the last 10 consecutive games, which is the longest active streak of any defense in the NFL. So they are not – they are stingy, and they definitely clamp down when they get down into the red zone. Yeah, so they're third in third down conversions, which we know the Packers struggled with uh, against the Falcons. And then, yeah, they're second in red zone percentage. They have allowed one touchdown on six yeah. trips this season. So 16%. Yep. That's yikes. So when I said earlier, there's a lot of contradictory statistics here that are going to clash in this game. This is what I mean. This is not the only one, but this is what I mean. Um, there, It's going to see be who can come out on top. And I think this is going to be a game where – if the Packers win and can put up points against the Saints defense, we're not only going to be talking a little bit differently about Jordan Love and his ability to win in difficult situations, but we're going to be talking about Matt LaFleur and his ability to scheme up against a very good defense. Yeah, I'm glad you mentioned Matt LaFleur because I thought this was kind of like a fun stat since we're going into our first home game. He is actually, um, he has a 27-6 and record at home in the regular season, which is the top mark since 2019 when he became a head coach. So Chiefs are not far behind with 28 or 25 and 8. But yeah, so LaFleur has his team with the best home record in the league. Um, really excited to see them come back to town finally. It feels like they're home. They always open on the road lately. I don't know. They I think have it was like been. four or five of the last seasons, but two um, road games to start the season is actually like pretty rough. Mm-hmm. I um, so I think there's going to be a lot of juice coming home to play at Lambeau. I think so too. And we talked to. I mean, well, we didn't directly talk about it, but Malafleur talked about it earlier this week, and a lot of the players had said like wasn't good enough last week was not good enough and they know they're going to be in front of their fans their crowd i think they know that they need to bring it um yeah some so more some... Some... Oh, i was just going to say a little bit of optimism this week is that christian watson is a limited uh, participant so we might get to see him make his debut yeah that was exactly what i was about to say actually <laughs> um, positive news out of camp is that Christian Watson's back practicing. I think it is only in a limited capacity, but we love to see that. Unfortunately, Aaron Jones is not. So we will keep an eye on that, but we're going to keep that on the DL because we're trying to be positive. Um, Obviously a ton of news surrounding David Bakhtiari happened on Wednesday, September 20th, the day before we were recording this. Um, I don't particularly feel the need to rehash it all. I think it's very clear what's happening is that David's knee is flaring up and bothering him and it does not feel like he will go. Um, Which is unfortunate because 
for obvious, a lot of obvious reasons, but because David Bakhtiari is one of the best pass blockers in the league. And this Saints defense is filled with, I'll be some older gentlemen, but some very, very, very good defensive linemen and pass rushers, namely a Cam Jordan. <laughs> um, and we saw, a, <laughs> what a guy, such a good guy. Love that guy. Um, Brian Breesey, who they just drafted, um, and a Demario Davis, who really took it to um, poor Bryce Young uh, on Monday night against the Panthers. So it's going to be a test. I think they will, I said this in our um, Falcons episode, but workshop their best five this week, if that's Rasheed Walker, if that's Yash Nyman, if that's moving Zach Tom, which um, I'm on the side of, I don't think that they are going to do that. Um, I think keep people in their positions that they play best is probably the best option at the moment. Um, but yeah, just a little bit having Jordan loves kind of blind side being a uh, weak is not what you want against the Saints pass rush. Yeah. I could see Matt LaFleur just doing a lot of, you know, extra linemen. I think maybe, maybe Yash gets the start and Rashid kind of comes in at that sixth guy, but there's no comfort, right? With this edge class. I mean, you mentioned there's Cam Jordan, but then Carl Granderson, who plays the other edge spot, leads the team in sacks. He's got two and a half sacks. So it's almost like, you know, the focus is on Cam and then Granderson gets to eat. And that's the concern too, right? As if the Packers devote their energy to stopping Cam Jordan, they have plenty of talent elsewhere to get after the quarterback. And Jordan Love has been, you know, had a relatively clean pocket, hasn't needed to do a ton with his legs. So this will be a real test for him too to, you know, protect the football and kind of evade some pressure because there's going to be a lot of it on Sunday. A hundred percent. Do you think I was wondering this in a little I was watching um the QB school with JT O'Sullivan this morning, catching up on his Jordan Love uh overview, if you will. And if you don't watch it, it's so good. It's so so, so good. good. It's so good. And I'm wondering if they have maybe do a few like designed QB runs. I I don't know what that looks like necessarily. We've never seen it in Green Bay. So like, it's not something that I have a particular like expertise on, but given what Jordan Love can do with his legs and if Aaron Jones can't go and you need to get the run game going, not that you want to put your quarterback in that position if you don't have to, but Jordan has legs and he's willing to, take off if a play breaks down and he has an open lane. So I don't know if maybe they scheme something up for him this week. Yeah. I mean, I think that's going to be part of it is Aaron Jones is such a focal point. Even if Christian Watson was playing like Aaron Jones is still the guy on offense. And if he can't go, we saw them do it with Jaden Reed, you know, getting creative in the backfield. Luke Musgrave has the wheels to make some of that stuff happen. Um, But I, I could definitely see Jordan love getting involved a little bit, especially because again, we don't know what's necessarily uh, their comfort with AJ Dillon. I think obviously the team still believes in him. I think they'll try to put him in better positions, but one, this is not a defensive front to do that against. And two, it's really hard to utilize your run game effectively when you've got so many rookies on the line or, you know, inexperienced players. And we did talk about this too in the recap show, but once again, this offense isn't necessarily designed to be a run heavy team. It works because they've always been able to play complementary football, but these are pass blockers. Like the Packers mm-hmm. love their big offensive linemen that can pass protect and they can pass protect for hours. You know, like that is their bread and butter. When you ask them to move giant humans in the run game, they struggle a little bit. And I think that's 
part of the problem for AJ Dillon is that he needs guys to create some space in a way that Aaron Jones can make his own space. Yes, absolutely. Um, I think that's such a good point. They're going to need to get the run game going here though, because (laughs) you, they don't have a choice. Um, A, you need to play, you know, complimentary offense and B the best defense to an amazing pass rush is to get the ground game going. You can't rush the passer if he's not passing. So keeping things even and keeping Jordan Love protected, not just by pass blocking well, but also with a sound run game is going to be huge. And you just don't want to see another game where there's a super lopsided time of possession. Yeah, I was going to say that. I mean, your defense, you saw it. We talked about it. The defensive line played lights out the first couple drives. But when the second half came and the Falcons learned that they could just run it repeatedly with Bijan Robinson, what else were they going to do? And, yeah. you know, the, the Falcons had the ball for like 12 more minutes. And that's just not sustainable for your defense, especially when they're getting gashed in the ground. So long, methodical drives, sustained drives. And give the defense some rest. You know, you're hoping the Lambo crowd is really into it for the home opener and they can be noisy and, <laughs> and they can, you know, give the defense some juice too. But yeah, the defense is going to need help because this is a, a good offense and we'll talk about it. But yeah, um, let's talk about the back end of the Saints defense before we flip um, because they have some dudes in the secondary, um, namely Marshawn Lattimore, who has been at the top of the game for a very long time. Um, Paulson Adebo, who you loved coming out of his draft, loved. Um, The Honey Badger, who I think is probably kind of in his twilight years, if you will, but still a player that is incredibly smart and does not make a lot of mistakes. Um, We did learn that their other starting safety, Marcus May, is suspended for three games. So Packers get a little bit of a break there, which is unfortunate because the Saints will not have him for three games. Um, They also have their slot guy being Alante Taylor, which I've been doing a little bit of reading and statistics on Alante Taylor, and that seems to be their weak spot. And I think we talked a lot last week about mismatches and how the Packers can get some mismatches. And I think that's kind of where you should be targeting in this secondary. You want to get a Luke Musgrave in the slot, right? Or even a Jaden Reed, even though it's not a size mismatch, but potentially a speed mismatch out in the slot. And then everything changes if you have Christian Watson playing. I mean, everything opens up then. You get the field stretcher, you get the speed, and then potentially you do get a Christian Watson on Alante Taylor. And that's not only a speed, but also a size mismatch. So I think there's a lot of opportunities for Matt LaFleur to just get some like easy mismatches and completions on the Saints defense and just allow Jordan Love to target the dude's that are open and not have to do, you know, kind of one-on-ones against a Marshawn Lattimore or a Paulson Adebo because they will make you pay if you put the ball at the wrong place. Yeah. And that's what I was going to say as well as you have three interceptions already for this defense and 13 passes defense. Like they are around the ball. They're swatting at it. They get their hands mm-hmm. on it. And Jordan Love hasn't thrown a pick yet, right? He almost did to AJ Terrell. AJ Terrell almost had one um, last week, but Love is still clean, and he's been pretty good at protecting the football. A lot of those kind of misreads were situations where the rookies were not on the same page with him, and the ball was kind of in a precarious spot, but he's done well protecting the football, and he's going to have to be really mindful of that again because, like you said, their back end is really talented. Very. 
Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. This episode is brought to you by Pepsi Wild Cherry. Pepsi Wild Cherry is bursting with delicious cherry flavor and a sweet, crisp taste that gives you more to go wild for. Getting wild may look different these days, but whether it's opting for a solo Friday binge watch or a big night out, Everyone can indulge in their wild side with Pepsi Wild Cherry, also available in Zero Sugar. So grab a Pepsi Wild Cherry and get wild. Um, any players you have your eye on on this offense you think that can be like keys to this game? I think honestly, it's it's like the Dontavian Wicks and the Malik Keiths. I think Christian Watson, you know, if he plays, is going to take the top off again. It'll be really, you know, just insane to see like him and Jaden Reed just both running go routes on the outside. Like, who do you protect at that point? Like the speed on this offense is something that we just aren't used to. And Lafleur is going to have a lot of fun with it. But if they're dedicating, you know, like safety help to guys like Christian Watson, then I think it's going to be the Dontavian Wicks and the guys that can get open and win their one-on-ones, which we saw them doing quite a bit against the Falcons and against the Bears. So I think it's just going to be another all-around effort from the young guys to to really step up and make plays, win the balls in their hands. Yes, absolutely. I think my guy is, I'm going to keep pounding the table until he gets like 10 targets a game, but like Luke Musgrave. Yeah. Luke Musgrave, Luke Musgrave, Musgrave. Say that three times fast. Like more, like more, more. Pop up in the offense. More, 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 more. Like he obviously has all the skills. And look, is you were he... so mad you hit your mic? I did. <laughs> I just I want more. He is like the ultimate mismatch, and I love. You've seen glimpses of it. You've seen the tight end leak out to the right side in this last game against the Falcons. You've seen Jordan go to him deep. Are you going to need your tight ends a little bit to, well, you mentioned this at the top of the show, but like help a little bit on the left side of that line? Yes, but you have other tight ends to help block. I do not want to see Luke Musgrave out there just as a blocker. I want him out there as a pass catcher, and I want him getting 10 targets this game. So, Matt, if you're listening, that's what I want. <laughs> Matt, if you follow us on YouTube. Yeah. Um, all right. Let's switch gears then. Let's talk about the Packers' defense against the Saints' offense because – there's the Saints offense. I mean, obviously they have some new additions. Derek Carr is the quarterback now, uh, yeah. but they're not, they're not putting up a ton of points. They've got explosive weapons. Chris Olave, Michael Thomas is looking like the Michael Thomas of old. So really dynamic wide receiver tandem, but only 25th in uh, points for game so far, 18 points averaging, not putting up a ton of points in week one against the Titans or only scoring 16 and then only putting up 20 against the Panthers in week two. So Weapons, but not necessarily a ton of utilization of those weapons yet. Yeah, it's so weird because you look at this team on paper and you think like, okay, damn, like they have a really good team from like start to finish. Even like Jawan Johnson, really fun um, and a pretty decent offensive line. But for some reason, right, the Saints offensive line is 26th in pass blocking efficiency and 28th in pass block win rate. So like they're not playing that well you're able to get to Derek Carr very easily. And Carr is a 
high variance player, I would say. Carr can play really, really well and be lights out in a game, and Carr can be really erratic in a game. And you and you kind of never know what you're going to get. And I think the best way to get the erratic Derek Carr is to pressure him. And this team, this Packers defense is made to pressure the quarterback. And I think they're going to have a lot of opportunities to do so against the Saints defensive line. But that's in my head, like QB hits are great and pass wash, pass rush win rate. Wow. That's a tongue twister. Um, is great, but it's not great if you don't get home. And my fear is this is the most experienced and veteran quarterback that this team has gone up against so far this season, right? This is not your Desmond Ritter. This is not your Justin Fields. Like Carr can take the pressure. He can hang in the pocket and fire a missile if you don't get to him. And you mentioned it. They have pass catchers who are really, really, really talented. So this is going to be a game where you are going to need to finish the play. None of this like, oh, I got close enough, but oop, he got it out the last second and now they've just completed a third down. Not like, oh, I'm going to tackle with my shoulder. No, like you have to wrap up and finish the play. Whatever your assignment is, follow through to the end because there's a lot of talent on this side of the ball. And I think there's a lot of ways the Packers can win against them, but not if they aren't going all the way around 360, 100%. Yeah, I mean, these are guys that should be really fired up after the way they played against Bajan Robinson. Like the fact that the Falcons all week were able to cut up slow-mos of, and okay, there's some athletes that are just superhuman and they're going to get theirs, right? Yeah. Justin Jefferson, one of those guys. But, you know, if you are missing tackles for another team's highlight reel that they're just playing over and over and over again, like that's got to make you mad, right? Like wrap yeah. up. Yeah, I mean, I think you put Bijan in that category, but yes, right. I agree. <laughs> Like, I would be mad if I just was falling on yeah. my face the entire week in, in highlight clips. Um, but you're right. I mean, the, this is a Packers defense that is tied for first in the league in pressure. 60, uh, 61 pressures in two weeks is just insane. Um, so they they do have an opportunity to get after Derek Carr because he's not as mobile as a Justin Fields yes. or a Desmond Ritter. Um, he's got a strong arm. You know, he's going to take his shots, obviously. Um, Chris Olave and Michael Thomas both – um, are over 100 yards receiving already on the season. Um, their run game, I think, is maybe where the Packers will tighten up a little bit this week. Well, they gave up 211 yards this week, right? Like, they have to tighten up at oh some my. point. <laughs> but Jamal Williams probably not playing this week. He's uh, out with an injury. Um, but then they have uh, Kendra Miller and Kirk Merritt as their second team and third team running backs. So, Yeah. Yeah, no, their their run defense is definitely or sorry, their run game is not what this defense had to deal with last week, which is a good thing. Um, but their pass game is, right? And so it's gonna be a big, big big game for the corners. Um, I think just contain, just contain whoever they have in the backfield to minimal yardage, get this team in kind of second and third and long situations, and then let your corners do what your corners are really good at, like elite at. Um, I think Jair is going to want to have a bounce back game as well. I am particularly curious how they're going to situate our cornerbacks in this game. Are you going to have jaw on Michael Thomas? Are you going to have jaw on the young in Chris Olave? Is Rasul going to be on which one? I think that's going to be really fun. That's definitely one that I'm watching. I know when the scenes came up to training camp last off season, 
jaw and Michael Thomas were just like jawing at each other all practice. It was really fun to watch. Um, So maybe there's a little bit of, you know, competition there, definitely closer in age. Um, Michael Thomas looks like himself again, which I think should be really scary. Um, I know that he's been a little bit of a laughingstock and he hasn't exactly been, you know, a barn burner in recent years because he struggled with injuries. But we forget like Michael Thomas of old was, you know, offensive, offensive player of the year category worthy. This, this is a guy who has played a lot of football at a really high level and you do not want to make any mistakes against him. And I think they also have some really fun backups who they can rotate in. I will say they're still doing this like Taysom Hill shtick. (laughs) I don't get it. I thought we would like, you know, just kind of die from that. Yeah, I thought we would retire this after Drew Brees left. We have not. Um, quite frankly, if Dennis Allen wants to do the the Taysom Hill thing, fine. I'm cool with him taking the ball out of Derek Carr's hands. I'm cool with doing some weird tight end QB draws, whatever Taysom Hill is. I don't know. If you want to do it, do it. I know he's questionable and he's a little bit injured, but like, do your thing with Taysom Hill, but... I'm I just don't want a situation where the Packers defense gets caught off guard because Taysom Hill is in the game and then all of a sudden he's running all over them. I did forget because the the Saints haven't updated their depth chart yet, but they also have Tony Jones Jr. that they they signed um again and he leads the team actually in touchdowns. He's probably gonna be their starting running back going into this game. Um he has two rushing touchdowns already this season and What's really weird, if you kind of look at the Saints numbers, we talked about how good their defense is. Their defense has only given up one passing touchdown all season. Their offense has only scored one passing touchdown all season. So Hmm. it really, you know, you talked about this game having a lot of like really kind of interesting quirks. And I think that's for sure one of them. Like they're putting up a ton of yards, but they're not necessarily capitalizing in the end zone, which should be a good sign for the Packers, right? Like they have a, a good defense and they need to be able to capitalize on that and force Derek Carr into making some mistakes. Yes, absolutely. Um, And I think the Packers have done, I don't know the stats on this, if you have this in front of you, but just from like the eye test from me watching the Packers have done like a decent job kind of like tightening up in the red zone and not allowing um, getting stops, getting fourth down stops, forcing field goals, et cetera. So I think that's a good thing when you're also going up against a team who is also struggling to get into the end zone. Like this should be a place where the Packers win. I'd prefer it if they just like forced punts though. (laughs) Yeah. So they're ninth in the league on third down conversions and ninth in red zone defense as well. Seven trips, three touchdowns. So they, they are shoring up when they need to. It's just, you know, a matter of making sure that that run defense is solid. This is, probably the weakest backfield that they've seen so far through three games, but that doesn't, that doesn't give you a pass, right? You still need to, to wrap up. And I don't know, we talked about this pre-show. So I'm, I'm curious your thoughts on this. You said you think this is just absolutely a winnable game for the Packers. Is there anything that is concerning to you? Uh, like aside from what we've talked about already there, where you would give the nod to the saints? Yeah. I think if you get their car on one of his best days and he's just, firing off passes to their very good pass catchers and we're doing our Joe Barry thing where we play off and we play zone and they're allowing like I'm thinking about the Titans game from last year yeah that kind of defense where the Titans didn't even have like as good of talent 
in the past game as the Saints do. And so, for some reason, you have Ryan Tannehill like going for eight yards, 12 yards, six yards in like these short yardage passes and just dinking and dunking them down the field. Like that's my concern because I think that's very possible. But I can't see these Packers cornerbacks after having a game that they did in against the Falcons, like allowing that. I think I'd like to see a tighter, more man-to-man. Yeah, and I think that's, you know, my concern here is it's not that I don't think this is a winnable game because I absolutely do. I think that if the Packers play their brand of football, they're the, the better football team. The concern here is we talked about this team being a team that can either be 10 and 7 or 7 and 10, depending on like tightening up and the way the ball bounces and all of those like football cliches. You can't afford to get onto a skid. You have a really short week. So this game, as much as you know, nobody ever plays to get injured, but you have to just play a really clean brand of football, get out of this one, try not to exhaust your team, and then turn around and play Thursday night against the Lions. And mm-hmm. of course, they have a long stretch, but you just can't afford to get on a losing skid, I think, because the team was so high week one. Week two was one of those games that the whole team was frustrated by because they knew that they could win it and gave it away. So you just you need to kind of ride that momentum back up because this still is a playoff caliber football team and it's a really young team. And I go back to Jane Reed's quote, right about, we have to let it um, build us, not break us. And that's exactly it. But it starts with the momentum of getting a game in front of your home crowd and winning and changing the trajectory, because I just don't think that I don't want to call it an, an adversity piece, but I think that you just, with a young team, you don't want to let yourself start to skid. Yeah. So I that agree would be my you. concern. I think there's something about this being at Lambeau that is why I feel like this is a game that they're going to come out on top and we'll do game predictions, you know, now that we're wrapping up, but I just can't see the Packers dropping to the saints at home. I think if this game was in new Orleans, I would actually give the nod to new Orleans. I or think they're Florida. like, or in Florida. <laughs> yeah. Or anywhere, not at Lambeau. Um, I would say, you know, I think the Saints could really like eke this one out simply just because the Saints, contrary to the Packers, have a very vet heavy team. They've played a lot of football together, even though Derek Carr is new, like they've all played a lot of football and they know how to win games. And that's something that this Packers team is still learning how to do. Right. But I think like just the simple juice of being at home for the first time this season and it being Jordan Love's first career start at home and just like all the things about being at Lambeau and you know, just that good Lambo juju. I I think they're gonna they're they just they have to win. They they, and, they have to. And I think this that's what's so frustrating about this and like week two and not to keep rehashing it, but like you expected all of this from your offense. Like your offense is young and they're still second in the league in in points right now. Like they're doing their job. They're holding up their end of the bargain. The defense is where you have all the vets and the money and all of the investments. So now they need to hold up their end of the bargain because they're young quarterback and they're young offense they're putting up points like they're doing what they need to do. So now the defense really needs to own up to their half and everybody can have a down game, like understandably, but the defense is where this team is supposed to have all of its strengths. So they need to prove that now on Sunday. Yeah. I think this is a good bounce back game. I think they're going to bring the juice and I'm excited for it. I do think it's going to be low scoring um, just given what the saints have been able to, or have stopped teams from being able to put up. Um, I don't know where you fall on this, but I see this being like a 20 to 17. Packers that was exactly going to be my prediction. Yep. 2017. Yeah. Yeah. 
I'd be happy if there was more. I'd love five touchdowns, but all in our end zone too. Like all in our end zone. Yes. But I won't be greedy. I'll take a win. (laughs) Yep. All the touchdowns can be on the other side of the field. If we just get, get the win at Lambeau. Um, Any, any final thoughts before we wrap this one up other than see you in a couple days. I cannot wait. I fly out in 48 hours, basically. I'm so excited. I haven't been back to Wisconsin in almost a year. I miss it. Um, yes, this New Yorker loves New York, but also misses Wisconsin with all her heart. Um, might have, I guess I'll tease this a little bit, might have a little surprise cooked up with some other Packers content creators that you all know and love on Saturday in Green Bay. So stay tuned for some kind of announcement. I won't be the one to do it. I'll let the human who is, you know, actually leading the charge on that announce it, but I will be in Green Bay Saturday night. So if you are looking to have a drink, um, you can probably catch me at the bar in Hinterland drinking <laughs> as many cherry meats as my tiny little body can handle. And um, I cannot wait. I just can't wait to see you. I can't wait to be at Lambeau and I am so excited. Yeah, it's going to be a good one. The home opener is like the best atmosphere at Lambeau. I love snowy games. I love cold weather games, but there is nothing like, and preseason is great. Don't get me wrong, but there's nothing like the home opener at Lambeau with 70,000 of your friends, full stadium, just seeing all the green and gold. If you see us, you know, walk into the stadium, say, Hey, we love that. We would love to say hi. Um, And just, that's all we got. We'll, we'll catch you on Monday with a, uh, Packers Saints recap, hopefully talking about the great game that we got to witness live. Um, you can find the podcast on Twitter at PWSS Podcast. You can find us on YouTube and all of other socials at Pax, what she said. You can find Perry on Twitter at Perry underscore Goldstein. You can find me on Twitter at Maggie J. Loney. Please, if you listen to the show through audio, make sure you're downloading each episode. That really helps us out. You can find us everywhere you get your favorite podcasts. And of course, you can find us on YouTube as well. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. And go Pack Go. Go Pack Go. Go Pack Go.